Welcome to day 124 of Shaped by the Word, and we are coming to the end of uh, the book of Judges. And the book of Judges has, in many ways, been a very discouraging you know, book. We've ended a couple of our podcasts just a little bit early because we had nothing else to say as you look at the starkness of sin and depth from which Israel has spiraled out of the promises and the hope, you know, that uh, uh, they've seen not only at the foot of Mount Sinai, but uh, that uh, Moses encourages them to pursue, you know, as he passes off the scene, and certainly Joshua encourages them to pursue as well. So we just uh, read the ugly scene that is more reminiscent of, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah, which was a nation, uh, you know, that got, you know, severely judged. You have, you know, many of the same symbols, uh, you know, there are some of the same images, you know, there, you know, back in Genesis that you had in this passage. And so now we get, you know, Israel's response, and Israel's response is not going to be a great response, you know, to this injustice at all. Chapter 20 is a long chapter, so I'll just read some samplings, you know, through it, uh, you know, as we, uh, you know, continue. So we go to uh, Judges chapter 20. Father, as we read your word, we thank you for the gift of your word. We thank you that every bit of it is is breathed out by you. And as Paul would say to the people of his generations, these things happened to them and were written down as examples for us on whom the fulfillment of the ages has come. And Father, we thank you for the fulfillment we have in Christ. And may what we read, no matter how dark or how joyful it is, lead us to a full appreciation appreciation of the salvation we have in you. May you use your word in order to transform us into the image of your Son. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. I'm reading from Judges 20. I'll read the first three verses and then uh, skip through the, uh, through the passage. Then all of Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, and from the land of Gilead, and of course we've uh, you know, just had a, a, a guy from Ephraim cut up his concubine and send them to all of Israel as a sign of the evil that's been done. Then all of Israel from Dan to Beersheba and from the land of Gilead came together as one assembled before the Lord in Mizpah. The leaders of all the people of the tribes of Israel took their places in the assembly of God's people, 400,000 men armed with swords. The Benjamites heard that the Israelites had gone up to Mizpah. Then the Israelites said, Tell us how this awful thing happened. Skipping down to verse 8, all the men rose up together as one saying, none of us will go home. No, not one of us return to his house. But now this is what we will do to Gibeah. We'll go up against it in order to decide by casting our lots. We'll go up against it in the order decided by casting lots. We'll take 10 men out of every 100 from all the tribes of Israel and 100 from 1,000 and 1,000 from 10,000 to get provisions for the army. Then when the army arrives at Gibeah and Benjamin, it can give them what they deserve for this outrageous act done in Israel. So all the Israelites got together and united as one against the city. The tribes of Israel sent messengers throughout the tribes of Benjamin saying, what about this awful crime that's been committed among you? Now turn those wicked men of Gibeah over to us that we may put them to death and purge evil from Israel. But Benjamites would not listen to their fellow Israelites. From their towns they came together at Gibeah to fight against the Israelites. At once the Benjamites mobilized 26,000 swordsmen from their towns in addition to 700 able young men from those living in Gibeah. Among all these soldiers were 700 select troops who were left-handed. Each of them could swing a stone at a hair and not miss. 
picking up again in verse 29, then Israel set an ambush around Gibeah. Uh, they've gone against their fellow Benjamites uh, on a couple of different occasions and have been repelled and cast back. They're finding uh, more resistance than they thought. Verse 29, then Israel set an ambush around Gibeah. They went up against the Benjamites on the third day, and they took up positions against Gibeah as they had done before. The Benjamites came out to meet them and were drawn away from the city. They began to inflict casualties on the Israelites as before. So about 30 men fell in the open field and on the roads, the one leading to Bethel and the other to Gibeah. While the Benjamites were saying, we are defeating them as before, the Israelites were saying, let's retreat and draw them away from the city to the roads. All the men of Israel moved from their places and took up positions at Baal Tamar. And the Israelite ambush charged out of its place on the west of Gibeah. Then 10,000 of Israel's young, able young men made a frontal attack on Gibeah. The fighting was so heavy that the Benjamites did not realize how near disaster was. The Lord defeated Benjamin before Israel, and on the day the Israelites struck down 25,100 Benjaminites, all armed with swords. The Benjamites saw that they were beaten. Now the men of Israel had given away before Benjamin because they relied on an ambush they had set near Gibeah. Those who had been ambushed made a sudden dash into Gibeah, spread out, and put the whole city to the sword. The Israelites had arranged with an ambush that they should send up a great cloud of smoke from the city, and then the Israelites would counterattack. The Benjamites had begun to inflict casualties on the Israelites, about 30, and they said, we were defeating them as in the first battle. But when the column of smoke began to rise from the city, the Benjamites turned and saw the whole city going up in smoke. Then the Israelites counterattacked, and the Benjamites were terrified because they realized the disaster had come upon them. So they fled before the Israelites in the direction of the wilderness, but they could not escape the battle. And the Israelites who came out of the towns cut them down there. They surrounded the Benjamites, chased them, and easily overran them in the vicinity of Gibeah on the east. 18,000 Benjamites fell, all of them valiant fighters, as they turned and fled toward the wilderness to the Rock of Remen. The Israelites cut down 5,000 men along the roads. They kept pressing after the Benjamites as far as Gedim and struck down 2,000 more. On that day, 25,000 Benjamite swordsmen fell, all of them valiant fighters. But 600 of them turned and fled into the wilderness to the Rock of Remen, where they stayed for four months. The men of Israel went back to Benjamin and put all the towns to the sword, including the animals and everything else they found. All the towns they came across, they set on fire. And so you have Israelite going up against Israelite, and of course you have uh, the Benjamites being a, a far more powerful force than they contend with, and so they repel them uh, on a couple of occasions before finally uh, and, and you have pictures here that are very similar to you know to the pictures of the you know the conquering of many of the nations when they came in, and so you have Israelites actually driving out you know, Israelites. Uh, they confront you know the Benjaminites with the uh, uh, the horrible sin that happened, and they they seem to be indifferent to it. And uh, so you have Israel wiping out Israel, or Israel in judgment on Israel, the same way that. God hadn't been on judgment of the nations, you know, before them. And there was no rest in the land. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy to just watch how quickly the downfall occurred, but now you you have this war between, you know, Israel and the tribes, and um, even that note at the end, uh, verse 35, it says, the Lord defeated Benjamin before Israel. You know, so the Lord intervenes. We don't get much detail about what the Lord thinks about all this, but we do see 
Yeah, that he he steps in and it's the Lord who defeats Benjamin before Israel. But you know, again, we talked about in last the last podcast. God's people are you know ravaging one another, and and it's it's as far from what Israel should be. You know, this is, but this is what they are. No, it is, it is it is what they are, and it is what they have become because they have uh, worshipped the gods of the land, and they've fallen further and further. And from you know from their own God, and of course God has promised to judge them by the nations if they're unfaithful to Him, and now he, He's judging them internally, you know, by themselves. And there are there are no heroes, you know, coming out in this. And again, the solutions that follow from this incident are going to be, uh, you know, questionable, you know, as as well, and cause you know just for further degradation, you know, in the in the nation. Uh, so you do have you do have a horrible picture you know of of israel uh, you know that, that leads to uh you know a short-lived glory and a yeah. united you know kingdom under david and then finally leads to further degradation and to then the coming you know the coming of the messiah but we do get a picture you know of the ugliness of sin there's kind of a an interesting uh you know an interesting little twist in this you know passage uh you know you remember you know benjamin uh was um, uh, Jacob's, you know, Jacob's, you know, son, you know, by Rachel the second, you know, the replacement, you know, to Joseph, and uh, uh, his mother named him Ben Ami, and uh, his father named him Benjamin, which means son of my right hand, and of course in Benjamin there is a special troop of left-handed soldiers. So just a nice little, you know, Hebrew irony that's in the middle of, and they could all cast a stone at a hair and not miss it. Sling a stone at a that hair. That is just pretty, pretty, you pretty good. That, you oh, know, I mean, Judah at one point stood up for Benjamin, you know, yeah. it's like, Judah's like, I will do whatever I can. I give my life up for Benjamin. And yeah. now when it's times, here we are, and justice has to be executed. It's Judah who's called to go first and execute the justice. And, and we're watching just, Man, how far Israel has fallen. There, there's no doubt. We're also seeing, I think, some foreshadowing a little bit of, you know, the Benjaminites come into really, you know, to, you know, kind of front and center and Gabeah as well. And soon we're going to meet a king that comes, you know, that is a Benjaminite from this very town. Uh, and so the, the last time we really hear about this tribe in this town, it didn't go so well. And when Israel begins to seek their own king, the king that will come will come from this this line in this place right and he uh will quickly you know quickly fade away from god as well uh, in, in all that picture so we come to the end of a, a very depressing <laughs> week in in scripture and, and of course as we see that we we just realize how depressing the blackness of sin really is and, and the challenge to us is to you know is to be humble before our god and to take our sin you know seriously and to pray you know, as, as David prayed in the, uh, in the shadow of his, his biggest failure, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, know my anxious thoughts. See if, if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in your way everlasting. And, of course, this picture is the opposite of that way. Mm-hmm. Father, we thank you for your provision for us and how quickly we abandon it to pursue our own ends and how quickly our own ends uh, become become dark and removed from you. Whether our lives are ever as ugly as a scene from the book of Judges or not, our, our lives are empty and bereft without you. Uh, may we seek our confidence in you, and may we be faithful to the promises that you have given us in Christ Jesus. 
It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.